Hello, folks. Welcome back to another episode of the Christian Hanson Show. I'm Christian Hanson, and this is my podcast. Welcome to it. Episode 67 is here. Michael is here as the guest, MLS soccer player, USL player, former member of the Uganda national men's football team or soccer team. The world calls it football. We call it soccer. Don't know why, but it is what it is. Uh, I had Michael on and uh, absolute blast to talk with him. Uh, You know, I was kind of blind to really who he was, to be honest with you at first, but uh, as a fire fan that I am, Chicago Fire that is, um, there's a player on the fire named uh, Fabi Herbers uh, and Julian Gressel, who he now plays for Vancouver, who have a podcast called Z Soccer Pod, uh, both German MLS players and when Michael played with the fire, um, Fabi and him got close. And now Azir is playing down in New Mexico in the USL. And uh, they had Michael on their show. And Michael talked about the foundation that he started um, to kind of, you know, help help the people out back home. And uh, it, it's amazing. So it's Azira Michael Youth Foundation uh, was right from the website, was born as an expression of gratitude to someone whose unconditional love and support could only be repaid by paying it forward. Um, The mission is to use sports as a vehicle to give children back home for him in Uganda access to education, nutrition, character, and character development, uh, something that necessarily weren't there for him growing up. So it's, uh, it's a way of giving back to those who gave everything to him to get to where he is today. Um, he's just an incredible dude. Uh, I mean, both on and off the field, honestly, uh, I mean, he's married with two little boys or, you know, kids back home, uh, well home here is now stateside. Uh, and it's just amazing what he's doing. And I reached out and boom, here we are. I had Michael on the show and it was quite a blast to talk with him. Uh, had a little bit of a trouble in the beginning with uh, the technology, but hey, who doesn't nowadays? Um, but Michael was on and it was a blast. Michael's been around, uh, you know, the game for a while. Uh, he got his, you know, he started playing really here professionally um, in college because there was really not as much opportunity back home for him. Uh, played in the USL to start and then he finally got his crack uh, in the MLS, which is for those who don't know soccer. Um, and I don't think a lot of people who listen to the show do. Um, that's basically like the EPL, but here in North America, uh, or at least the U S that is, um, uh, with Seattle Sounders. And then from there, you know, we went on to the Rapids, Montreal impact, and then Chicago fire. Um, now he's at New Mexico. So it was great to talk with him. I'm glad this worked out. He's a great person. And guess what? Uh, I'd love all of you. If you don't donate, it's okay. If you can, that's even better. But the website is azeramichaelyouthfoundation.org. Uh, link will be in the podcast notes for you to check out and donate. I am donating to it. Uh, anything I can do to give to him, to help him give back to those who gave everything they could to give him his dream and opportunity here in the States, playing the game that he loves, uh, both here and worldwide. So that is AziraMichaelYouthFoundation.org. Link will be in the description below. That is, if you're watching on YouTube, it will be below, but it will be in the podcast episode notes as well. 
for all to visit and hopefully donate. Uh, Michael Azira was fun. Um, hope all is well with everyone out there. I'm doing great. Let's get right after it. This is me talking to Michael Azera. Enjoy. This year, I kind of got into soccer. I became a Fire fan this year, and I started listening to Fabi and Julian's podcast, and you came on to talk a little bit about your foundation, and I was just absolutely floored with what it is that you're doing over there and uh, kind of dove deep, learned a little bit about you, but um, I, I kind of wanted to give this opportunity to myself to kind of get to know you and uh, kind of how you got to where you are today, especially with this foundation. Um, they dove deep into that with you already, but um, I, I just think it's fascinating uh, that what, what you're doing uh, for, for the people back home and uh, it's, it's just amazing. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, man. I know. Now you're where are you at? You're down in New Mexico playing with uh, USL team, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy to think about. So you've come. I mean, just putting this in to just for context purposes. Did you ever think, uh, as a young kid from Uganda, you'd ever be where you are today? No, man. Because growing up. All I wanted to be is like, I wanted to be a professional soccer player. Mm-hmm. And I always, I, my dream was to go back to Europe, you know, because one time we had a trip going to Denmark. Mm-hmm. And there was a team in Uganda that traveled to Denmark and I was, I was, I was part of this trip. So, and I really liked the, the, the country, Denmark and mm-hmm. the soccer, the facilities and all that kind of stuff. So I was like, you know, I want to go back to Europe, you know, but I guess my, the, my path was different and but i'm excited to be in the u.s that i go to the u.s and i got to meet some very good people and so i'm thankful for 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 my life and where i am right now and what i've achieved in my life mm-hmm. no absolutely but so you're growing up back home in in uganda what was it i mean as a kid growing up there what was uh what was what was it like as far as if, if you can put it into comparison if possible um much different than possibly some of growing up here in the states was there more challenges do you think there and did that kind of mold you into who you are today was it a little bit uh more difficult you think uh growing up growing up in uganda is you know we i'll I, I put it this way it's like it's simple life it's simple life whereby we you know, it's like we can do with the little that we have. You know, it's like we don't have like these special facilities we have here. Like you have a park where you can go play. Mm-hmm. We don't have those kind of things. So, because I remember one time we used to play in the middle of the road. When cars come, we put away our, we used to make goals out of like bricks. Right. Bricks <laughs> of each, one brick on one side, one brick on the other side. And we just play. And when the cars come, we put them away and then we play again. You know, like here you can just walk to the park and play or anywhere you want to go play so it's not like that but i'm thankful because you know back home it's we here here things are a bit controlled sure. by the coaches by the uh, a lot of things that whereby kids are not allowed to express themselves right in terms of soccer and i'll, I'll say in life sometimes but like the thing is back home we just go out and play and like we, we know each and every neighborhood every kid in the neighborhood we just pick up each other and we just go play 
Yeah. And we used to make our own bowls out of plastic bags and, you know. Really? <laughs> they, they How? Used their, yeah. It's, it, they were pretty amazing, man. It's We used to have like, because sometimes they would bust sometimes, but we would, we had like six bowls. We'd every, like each, each and every one of us would make a bowl. So we go to the field. If it if it busts, we we, put, we throw in another one. So we used to make our own balls, man. So it was really good. And sometimes we used to make balls out of the plantation. Wow. They out of plantation. Uh, uh, they already call it uh, plantation kind of leaves, kind of, and it's layers. If you cut it, does a ton of layers inside. So we used to dry them and make balls out of it. My you know? gosh. Well, see, I feel see. like I think I think I have one here. I'll show it to you. That's amazing. That's just utterly amazing. Yeah. I'll get you one here. Let's oh my! With it. This is great. Wow. Yeah. So we used to make these, man. Like they're pretty neat, man. These oh ones gosh. don't bust at all, but they're pretty neat. You see how they knit them around? Yes. Like all these threads and stuff. They're how pretty long does neat. That take? So we used to... None too long. Really? Like, yeah. So I had to bring it to my son to see. He's like, hey, this is what we used to play back home. Oh, you know? wow. Yeah. yeah I, that's yeah, crazy. Yeah. In the years you can just go buy a soccer ball from the store and play. I know, but we didn't have that. So, but uh, I'm thankful that I grew up back home because, like you know, it, that was told me so much to be appreciative of the little things that uh, that I get uh, that I, I've had in my life and the people that I've met and just practice gratitude. You know, just to be thankful for everything that I've been able to achieve and just to be able to get to the US. And like, if you said to compare Uganda and United States, they're totally different. Oh gosh, you, you, know? could, you could be here all day. I know. So I'm thankful that I grew up back home because it told me so much in terms of growing my soccer part of it. Because mm-hmm. we, I, we, I used to play soccer from morning till evening, and I, we just walk to different parts of the, of the city, and we just, if you find some space, we just play soccer. Mm-hmm. Without boots, see, so we used to hit our nails a lot. Oh my our gosh! Our nails were coming out of our toes, but <laughs> you know, <laughs> when I bought my first pair of boots, it was really neat. I was, it was so nice. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think I can. I mean, I there's, I feel I feel like we just were so fortunate here in the states to have what we have, and a lot of people don't look at it that way. You know what I mean? A lot of people are still selfish. A lot of people still don't understand the differences and what we have compared to others. I mean, and I think you saving that ball is very, I, th- I think my guess is you save that to kind of show your son, hey, look at this is what I had to deal with. Not deal with, but this yeah, is what yeah, I yeah. came from. And this is what made us happy yeah. all day. You could go yeah, to Target. And I don't blame. <laughs> And <laughs> no, you can go to Target and get a soccer ball. And I don't blame the people that, right. you know, because U.S. Is, is a developed country. Sure. It has been around for almost like, 200 years or something, mm. you know. And Uganda has is, is been around for a few years, like 60 or 65 years. Right. You know, so the developments are kind of different. Sure. But in, in terms of development, I think we should be able to catch up, but that doesn't, be, that doesn't happen. Right. So here, people have been able to 
have a ton of resources mm-hmm. to be able to access all these nice facilities, which is great. And so growing up here, I think it has its ups and downs. Sure. But, you know, because here you get to go to the park and kick around, which is great. Mm-hmm. And the only thing is that it's controlled. You have to sign up for the club and all that kind of stuff. But we never had to do that. Mm-hmm. We just played soccer, man. Yeah, no, I Out get in it. in the streets. That's great. Know. Now, you growing up. for yourself. Yeah. Now, growing up, did you have yeah. any brothers, sisters? Yeah, I have four brothers and one sister. Oh, wow. So, big family. Back home in Uganda. They're still there? Yeah, big family. Yeah. You know, we grew up together in one, you know, our little one bedroom house, but we used to make it work. My parents tried, and uh, I managed to get out through education. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm the only one with a, I managed to get a degree because my parents always wanted us to be in school. Mm-hmm. And but they couldn't afford to pay for it. But oh, gosh, I made a promise to myself that I would, yeah, because back home you have to pay for school, mm-hmm. you know. So they couldn't pay for it. But lucky enough, I met someone, Mr. Ken Davis, uh, who paid for my high school. And then I met a friend. There's a friend we grew up, we grew up with in Uganda. His name is Henry. He lives in North Carolina. And he was in, after finishing, finishing high school, he, he came to the U.S., mm-hmm. And he recommended me to his coach at Winthrop University. Oh, and, wow. Um, the coach, the coach flew all the way to Uganda to come watch me play. And like an app, he offered me a scholarship. That's <laughs> unbelievable. Like, yes, this is my way out. And, but, you know, it all, it all, like I said, you know, it all comes down to people. Like people have helped me so much to get here. And that's one of the reasons we started the foundation because someone helped me. Why should I hold on to what people have given me if I can pass it on to other kids. And that's where we started the foundation. And we stand by, you know, pay paid forward and, you know, practice gratitude. And that's where, that's, those are our, like, mantra, like, mm-hmm. our motto. So I'm thankful for, to so many people, man. It's, it's like stars were aligned. Like, mm-hmm. like, you meet this person, you meet this person, and like that. Because even getting to MLS, I wasn't like, I didn't go to, I didn't go to through the draft or anything like that. Right. You know, I started from somewhere else, you know, and then, you know, the late coach Ziggy gave me an opportunity to come try out. And the rest is history, man. Like, um, the journey started, man, playing yeah. professional soccer. So, but it always, it all, it all came down to people, man. Like, your, your network is really, really important in life. You know, if you, you surround yourself with the right people, they'll be able to develop you and challenge you in life. Mm-hmm. And, and that's one thing that people, are, I don't know, what most of the kids, I think they don't understand. I think it's important to do, surround yourself with people who are going to challenge you. Right. Not just people who just praise your name. You know, if you need people around you, you're going to be like, hey, that's not good enough. You can do better. You know, so these little things, you know, if you we apply it into our lives, I think they can help you to go a long way. Right. No, absolutely. I mean, you even... Uh, it, it, you have moments, right? That kind of mold you into who you are, whether it be, you know, for your instance, a person and a player. So yeah, obviously some people, it takes a little bit longer for them to learn. Some, they 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 learn a little bit earlier, but it, all that matters is that you learn it and you're able to separate the two and understand life in a different way. And that not yeah. everything's handed to you, that there's work needed. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, that's great. I mean, you started with the USL with Charleston, right? Was that your first breakthrough professionally? Yeah. And then that yeah, moved that on up. After I, I played in PDL with Mississippi Bria. 
Mm-hmm. I met a coach there. His name is Coach Dave Dixon. He helped me to connect me to someone in USL. They invited me for the USL championship. So I was like, this is it. You know, so I went to the USL combine and uh, I was like, I don't, I don't care about the money. Mm-hmm. All I need is a, the foot in my door. Right. You know, I just want to play. If I get my, if I get my foot in the door, I think I'll find an opportunity. Right. Like, you know, I, I believed in myself, you know, because, mm-hmm. and that's the other thing too. It's important to believe in your abilities, you know, believing in yourself. It's important because if you don't believe in yourself, who's going to believe in you. Right. You know, so after playing in Bria, I went and tried out. Charleston picked me up. You know, I was making like, no, like $1,400 a month. But I didn't care about it, man. I just wanted to get on the field and play. Come like my breakthrough will come through. Right. My breakthrough will come at a certain point. Because one thing I've come to learn, man, like being a professional soccer player, like everyone has their time. Right. You know, all you have to do in the moments that you're not playing, you need to come to learn. Be focused and prepare, you know, because the moment you don't prepare and have an opportunity comes, it will pass you by. Yep. And then you, st- you start blaming other people. Mm-hmm. But everything starts with you, with your mindset. You know, what do you want? How are you going to get there? You know, so preparation is important. And I hope these, hopefully some kids can learn that it always starts with you, man. Yeah. With your mindset, you know, because you're going to find people who don't believe in you. But that's their opinion. But so long as I don't let that ruin you, yeah. No, you know, like you start this podcast, people tell you podcast sucks, but who cares? Who cares? You know, you love it. You know, you do it because you're doing you're doing it for the right reasons, right? And it's important. Well, at least I like to think I am. I mean, I, I, you know, I think like everyone did, right? Everyone had a podcast at the start of the pandemic, and then we hit the point where everything started to open up again, and everyone was like. I don't want to do Zoom. I don't want to sit in front of a computer. I'm like, yeah, neither do I. And you know, so but then you start to miss that interaction, right? That was that was so yeah. special to have interaction through something so traumatic. Not not yeah. only the states, but affected even people back home. Everyone across the world was affected by everything. So um Yeah. And that's the thing, like human beings are social creatures. Yes. If you keep quiet, man, you go crazy, you go nuts. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So it's important to have these interactions and 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 that leads me to another thing, you know, like we men we need to think we are tough, you know. And yet we are just other human just like any other human being, it's important to share your weaknesses and your strength and it's important, you know, and maybe because if you can you help someone else, that person can help someone else and that person can help you in right. return as well. You know, don't think that you're tough, you know. It's okay to talk about your weaknesses and mm-hmm. it's okay to cry. You're a man. It's okay to cry. Yeah. You know, it's fine to talk about whatever you're dealing with instead of just keeping everything inside and piles up and mm-hmm. then you blow up. Yeah, you don't yeah. need that. I think so Jimmy Valvano said it. Uh, he, what did he say? He said, uh, you haven't lived a good day if you haven't laughed, cried, and smiled. That's a full day Yeah. to exhibit all mm-hmm. three emotions. And if you didn't... Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it is. But it, you look at it, you're like, what do you mean? And then you're like, oh, all right. I guess that makes sense. But yeah, it's true. Uh, keeping it in isn't going to do any good. It's, it's just going to damage you. But to go back to what you said about uh, always working, I think Kevin Durant had a great quote where he always said, uh, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. So if you, if you that one day you say I'm not gonna do it, that's the day that you get passed up and perhaps never get that opportunity. Because yeah. if you look at it, you know, 
you're not the best in this show business. For you God, know, you're doing a podcast, but you know, you do you're doing it for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. You work hard. You put in the hours. I like the same thing to me. Like Uganda is a big country. Yeah, I'm not the best player in Uganda, but like I've managed to make my way through to come to play in MLS. Mm-hmm. And people are like, oh, Michael's from Uganda. Oh, what is Uganda? Where is Uganda? You know, so. You open doors for other people, right? You know, but if it wasn't hard work and sacrifice and giving up so much, you know, to be able to chase my dream, I wouldn't have been here. So it always like like Kevin Durant put it right. You know, at the end of the day, man, you have to put in the shift, man. You have to work so yeah. hard to chase your dream. No yeah. one is going to help you reach that dream unless you put in the shift, man. No, that's absolutely right. So when you uh... Your first oppor- your first crack at the MLS that came with was Seattle, correct? Was it Seattle? It was Seattle. Yes. So you you Seattle get there, Sunday. 2016. I mean, that was I think they became a team. What I think it was like 20. They were in the USL I, for a little bit, and then they you joined them like what four or five years into their MLS journey, right? Yes, I got in. I got in. I got there in 2014, mm-hmm. 2015. Yeah, and. I'm thankful to see the Seattle Sounders organization, you know, giving me that opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know, cool coach like Ziggy, Coach Schmetzer, and, and the owner, you know. Oh, my gosh, yeah. They're great people, man. They they welcome you, they welcome me with my family. And so Chris Anderson and, you know, all those kind of people, they, they're great people, man. They gave me that opportunity. And, you know, to play in front of 50,000 fans is, is something different. Yeah, know? it's insane. The fans are crazy. They love the game. You know, people drive from all over to come watch the games. And that's one thing, you know, and I like telling people, some players, I'm like, if you ever get a chance, play for Seattle Sounders once. It's, it's one of the best clubs to play for. I mean, the fans are consistent. I mean, it's not even like Atlanta. I mean, their fan base has yeah. been there. I mean, especially too. I wasn't quite sure how Atlanta would would support a team, but I mean, there's forty at least forty thousand each week, and it's been like that since they came into the league, which is just yeah. insane. I think yeah. it's good though for the game, though. I mean, the game's growing. It's really good. It's man. not a retirement league anymore. You know, no. yeah. When Beckham came over, that's all everyone ever said. But people want to play here now. I mean, it's growing, which is very exciting. But for you though. So you come from Ghana, you're playing here in the States. What was the first time you would say you had like a wow? Like I'm playing with so-and-so or I'm being getting the opportunity to play against so-and-so. What was it like playing with, you know, Dempsey and I mean, some of the, the people that you've seen on an international stage every four years? What was that experience like? You know, like if you know, if you're back home in Uganda, like, you know, you watch Premier League, right. you know. And I remember I was home and I used to watch, you know, Dempsey when he was in Fulham. Uh, Fulham, yeah, in the Premier League. Yeah, yeah. And then I watched um, Obafemi Martins would watch Champions League, you watch him in Inter Milan, and then you're sharing the same field with him, you know, you're having training practices with him. Like, that is something special, you know. And, you know, he plays some great players, like Marco Papa, he yeah. was such a great player, you know. But, you know, Dempsey was, he was so intelligent, you know. And if you know, he had this kind of sarcasm sometimes. If you if you're not careful, if you're soft, you think that he's he's attacking you. But in the end, he's just trying to make you better and improve. And as a player, 
And that's one thing I really admire about him. You know, he was someone who always like stood for the players. Mm-hmm. You know, he supported you in that he could, you know, like I respect him for, you know, for that and being such a good player, you know. And then Obafemi Martins, man, Obafemi Martins and uh, Dempsey, they were great people, man. And then besides put, besides talking about those big players, you sure. know, who are known, but there are players like Chad Marshall, you know, Brad Evans, you know, they're good leaders, man. Chad Marshall is just, he's a big bear, man. He's <laughs> one of the, one of the best people that I've met in my life, you know, Brad Evans is amazing. You know, he was such a great leader for us, you know, he represented the players well, represented the club well on and off the field. And up to now he's still doing it, you know? Yeah. So I'm so thankful for those kind of people, you know, because there are those wow moments, you know, playing with these big time players, but there are people who really stand out and they're like, you know, this person helped me so much, you know, right. in my career, you know, and, these are the kind of people that I'm thankful for. You know, you see Chad Marshall, Brad Evans, you know, and, you know, Leonardo, you know, they were good people, man. Right. They're great, great people. And I'm thankful that, you know, I got to start in Seattle and thankful to Coach Ziggy, the late Ziggy. They were, he gave me an opportunity because if it wasn't him, you know, maybe I wouldn't have been there, but I'm thankful to him and the opportunity that he gave me. Yeah, life's wild, man. We're, now, was your family, has your family been able to come over here and like the entire family and come see you play here in the States or no? Only my parents. I really? got to visit. They came to visit me in Seattle. What was that like? And, oh, they were, they were pretty. A little emotional, huh? Yeah, they were like, <laughs> this is amazing, you yeah. know, because it's a huge stadium, a ton sure. of people. Yeah, but it's a, it was a long trip for them. It yeah. Was, it's a two-day trip for them. So they slept for two days at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, Michael, we are not coming back here. This is too far, you know. Come play but back it home. Was nice. I know. I was like, no chance. Yeah, it was nice to have them here and just to be with them. And that was my first time for really to watch me play. They never watched me play. Really? Even in Uganda. Yeah. So, but I'm, I'm glad they were able to come here and, and play, to watch me play. You know, it's, it's nice. Yeah. So how's the game growing back home? I mean, for, so from when you were a little kid in the streets, you know, making these homemade balls, kicking it against a brick wall up until now, how is the game growing? Is there more? Is there a lot? I mean, this goes into your foundation as well, but how has the game grown in Uganda uh, at, at the youth level? Has there been a big development since since you left? Uh, development to me, it always comes down to having facilities. If you have no facilities, you can't mm. develop the game. Right. And all the spaces we used to play in, they built their houses. Mm. Construction has taken over the place. And but we we're struggling in terms of facilities, mm. you know. And that's one of the reasons when I was like, when I started my foundation, we before we use sports mostly as a tool to help kids have access to education and character development and nutrition. So I was like, we need to have our own fields. You know, so many teams don't have fields. Right. You know. So I'm like, if we have our own fields, we can do whatever we want. Because we used to do a soccer tournament and we used to have like almost 1,500 kids. Wow. And, but like, we have to rent the fields. Mm-hmm. You know? And I'm like, the money that I'm spending here on the fields, it can go towards educating a kid mm-hmm. instead of spending it on, on a field. But I was like, you know, if we get our own facility, I think it would be much better. Right. So when we bought some land, we're like, we have to put on two fields and then we want to build a a community center where there's a library, you can teach trade skills, you can teach reading and writing, and just kids to be kids to play, you know, 
It's because I didn't grow up with that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, can I make this for the kids? Right. And with the help of different people, you know, like Heather's has been amazing and Julian Gresso and Brad Evans, Chad Marshall, Christian Rodan, all these players that I've been with, you know, they've been really helpful, you know, in terms of donating to the foundation, mm-hmm. which is really great, you know, so. But, you know, in terms of development of soccer, it's it's not growing as much, but we have a lot of good players, man. I wish they could invest more in facilities, you know, I think that's the best way to start developing the game. Mm-hmm. How do you think you can get there though? I mean, cause there, with, there's so, there are so many resources out here now, but obviously it's still different here. I mean, completely two different worlds from States to there, but what do you think is the solution to, to getting to that point? What do you think needs to be done to get there? It's about, it's about accountability, man. Yeah. And fi- finding the right leadership. You know, people really care about the game, care about the players. We are not looking for spotlight. Mm-hmm. We just, you know. So if there's accountability, if, if FIFA gives you money and they ask for how you spend the money, and I think that's really, really important. Sure. They will know how the how you mishandle the money or how you use the money. I think it's important. It, it always starts, it comes down to that, being a, accountable and and be responsible for all the resources that are being given to you, you know? So I think it's important. That's the way to start. And mm-hmm. just to get this stuff there, it's, it, that shouldn't be difficult. Right. You know, if, if resources or whatever, equipment, you know, we can, we, you can ship stuff back home in, to Uganda. But, you know, finding the right people, putting the right people in the right place, I think it's really, really important. Yeah. You know, and that's where it starts. It starts with leadership. Right. You know, you, f- you have to find leaders who are willing to serve people, not to serve their interests. That's where we start. And then we'll be able to develop the game or develop the facilities that the country need to develop more players. Right. And it's not even just in sports that if you, uh, no, it's, it's just in general. And I think we've seen yeah. that here in, uh, especially this country. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it is. But I have to ask you about the national team. So what it, yeah. it, that call comes to you, 2017, get that final spot to play for the Africa Cup of Nations, going out on a field, looking down at your chest and seeing your flag. I mean, I, I don't even know what that would feel like, but over, oh, just overwhelming. Yeah, man, because to me, you can play soccer anywhere, you can play for clubs, but mm-hmm. I think the highest honor any player can get is to play for his country. You know, it doesn't matter where the country is. Playing for your country is the best thing ever in the world. You know, and that's why uh, when I see these, when I saw the president of Napoli saying that, you know, we, I'm never going to talk to African players anymore. I'm never signing this kind of. I'm like, it was like, like, what are you talking about? Right. You know, and I like how the, the Senegalese coach responded. Is like, if it's a Brazilian player, you wouldn't complain. Going him going back to his country to play for his national team. You know, just if when Koulibaly went and played for his country, you know, like, and that's the, these are the tournaments where they find players. Mm-hmm. If you tell them they can't go back and play, how will clubs find players? Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense. You know, he went home and played for his country. They won the African Cup of Nations. Mm-hmm. You know, that will stick around forever. You know, country comes before club. Yep. You know, it's so it's it's one of the best things you know I, I was excited to be called into the national team and it wasn't like one of my best experiences sure but like 
Um, I'm thankful that I was, I got called in and my best experience happened in 2019 when we, the tournament was in Egypt. That was one of the best experiences, you know, it's, what about it? Guinness, Mo Salah and then Mane and, mm -hmm. you know, we're in the same group, you know, and they're like, okay, these are the teams you're going to play with in the, in the group stages. And they, we used to play in the stadium, they're like 70,000 fans. Like it's so loud. It's so loud. And you can't hear anything. And this know? is in the Africa? Is just, yeah. What stadiums were these built for the World oh, Cup of 2010? Oh God. No, they were built of African Cup of Nations. Uh, yeah. There are certain countries which are facilities. Uh, okay. And that's that's why Egypt can be, has more players. Sure. You see Algeria, you see Tunisia. Mm -hmm. They invest in the game. Mm -hmm. You know. So they had 70,000 fans. It was crazy. Yeah, it a was bit. one of the best experiences in life, you know, playing in front of 70,000 fans. And then they turn on their lights on the phones and test it. has lights on, you know, oh, they ridiculous. try to put lights in your eyes when you're playing. It's because the day we played Egypt, oh my God, it was crazy. I couldn't even imagine. Best experiences, you know, like. Even Cameroon with Sam, with uh, Samuel toe or is it i, I can't i mess it up toe. yeah i but he wore number nine i think for cameroon i have his jersey my brother yeah. went there uh yeah. for the military u.s military and he brought me back a bunch of kits with i got a uh yeah a cup of nations kit from like 2009 the little patch on yeah. it and stuff but yeah no that yeah. that's that's amazing and i think it's interesting thing is that uh, this is weird but People think it's funny. My favorite fire player in the history is a player from Africa. He played with Ghana, very little. Patrick Nayurko. Um, yeah. And I mean, he he came here, and I mean, he he became a little fire legend for a, for a lot of people. And uh, I mean, story is the same thing with you. And they say history is replete. Uh, if you put in the work, good will come, and that surely happened with you. Um, when you look back on the time in the MLS, not saying it's over, even though you are playing with New Mexico right now, down in the lower division, it doesn't matter. You're still playing the game you love, and that's what happens in soccer. You go up, you go down. It's just a game. Yeah. Um, do you think, do you still have it in you? How long are you going to be doing this for? I mean, is this a, <laughs> I mean, what is it? You just turned 32, 33? 35. 35. 35. Are you going to stop ever? This month, yeah, so <laughs> yeah, it tells you stuff because it's tough, it's though. You, you love it, it's what we do, and it's it's not who we are, right? You know, at the end of the day, what you do was to end at some point, mm -hmm. you know. But what we who we are will always live on forever, that's right. And that's why I encourage players, you know, don't treat people bad, right? Because your, your character and your reputation, you know, is who you are, really, yeah. you know, is you need to protect those things, you know, your character, man, right. People will always remember the things you did to them yep. or what you did for them. You know, if you're mean to people, that's what they will remember. Mm -hmm. You know, like Nako is such a great man and I've, I'm glad that I got to meet him. I'm glad he came back to the club to work for the club. You know, he's, he's one of the best people in the league. Everyone talks about him, you know, how good he is as, as a player, but as a human being as well. You know, to me, it's important to be remembered as a good person. Sure. Yeah. You know, it's those things last for a long, long time because players come and go. Right. You know, we had the big Ronaldo, we had Zinedine Zidane, you had Messi, Neymar, you know, they, Zinedine Zidane left, Ronaldo left. We had the big, we had another Cristiano Ronaldo comes and then they will go too. 
then we'll have other players, you know. But people always remember for the things you do for them and how you treated them. They're like, oh, that guy was mean, man. He was he was a bully and stuff like that. You don't need to be like that. No. You know, because those little things, man, they stick. They, they do stick, stick too. And I could speak on that. I don't yeah. play sports. Well, I did in high school. I played <laughs> soccer in high school. But um, I started to work as a journalist. I, I, I covered USA basketball for a little bit. And I could speak yeah. to that in some degree because there were some players who were very rude. James Harden, I don't like the man. He's very rude to me. <laughs> I loved him before that. But yeah, yeah, it's the way you treat people. And those little mm-hmm. moments, those last a long time. I could care less about him no, no. now. True, but true, true. yeah, it is. And I think you even see that too, even uh, like here in this country with baseball, right? You see a lot of the, mm-hmm. the minor leaguers, once they get that jump to the professionals, some of them just change. They, they're, not, they're not as engaged with the fans. They're not as humble as they used to be because now they got that paycheck and being their gods. Yeah. Which is mm-hmm. it's not how it works. The talent is a given yeah. given thing, man. It mm-hmm. can go away. Right. Yeah. yeah, man. But you know, it's I know you, you want to talk about the foundation and stuff like that. Yeah. It's it's something that you know that I was gonna after be I up met next. that guy. <laughs> yeah. I was just about to talk about that. Yeah, after I, I when I met Mr. Ken Davis and mm-hmm. after I finished my college year, I went back to him and asked him, you know, I can never repay you back mm-hmm. for the things you did for me. You paid for my school when no one expected it. So when I went to him, he told me, Michael, you don't have to pay me back. Instead, do it for another kid. You know, pass it on. Do it, find another kid and put him through school. So I was like, wow, that is something special, you know, because mm-hmm. a lot of people, when they do things, they want recognition and stuff like that. But you don't see, I didn't see that in him. And that's one thing I'm thankful for, for Mr. Jermon Sueto. He's happy, man. Yeah. He's special, man. Such a great man, man. Of all the things that, you know, he's done for me, he's done for, for, my, for my family, my foundation. You know, he welcomed me as his own, you know. It's, I'm thankful for, for him, for all the things that he did. And, and the way he treated my family, it's, it's very, very special. I didn't get that anywhere in any club. Wow. And that's something like Chicago Fires has a special place in my yeah. in my heart. You know, I'm truly thankful that I got to play for that club. It wasn't long and it was some of the difficult times during the difficult times and struggling to make the playoffs and stuff, mm-hmm. but I enjoyed being there and being part of that club, man. Yeah. You know, it's a lot of great things are are coming to that club. I hope. I know. Yeah. They have a, they have a good, a good owner, mm-hmm. and who wants good for people, and that's one thing that Joe will always be special, man. Mm-hmm. Always be special in my life and to the people of Chicago. Yeah, good I things mean, are coming. it is. The I think it's changed a lot. I mean, I didn't know much about the previous owner, but Joe is coming. He's. I think it's different when you have someone who knows the game, right? He's invested in the sport itself. He's not, you know, someone who lives out of state has a lot of money works in the hedge funds all that stuff you have someone who's invested in the game uh he's developing people over in the the swiss super league with Lagano. he's you know he he got them a championship i mean it's gonna happen here eventually and it will come it will come and you are seeing the results i mean this year's been Mm -hmm. tough for us uh yeah Big identity crisis. Didn't really know who we were most. It felt like this has been three different seasons in one season. That first yeah. 10 games, great. 
the next 10, who is this team, the last six, this is unreal. But uh, yeah, no, Joe's great. So he was a big, he was instrumental in really helping get this foundation off, you know, on its feet. Yes. I know he doesn't want to be talked about much. But <laughs> I give him credit for that. Yeah. It's, he's a humble man. Mm-hmm. And then I like, just take you back on the foundation. Mm-hmm. It's, so we we started out with the just organizing soccer tournaments. Mm-hmm. And soccer tournaments, I would meet kids. Yeah. And share my story with them. Because, you know, back home, you know, a lot of kids want to be like you. They'll be like, right. oh, I want to be like Michael. He's a like hero. This guy. Yeah. And uh, they're like, and I tell him, you know, you can you can even be more than what what mm. I, I am or what I've been able to achieve. But first of all, you need to go through school, you know, because like a country like ours, education is so important. It right. opens so many doors. If you don't go to school, unless your parents have a ton of money, right. you know, unless your parents work for the government, you know, but not everyone is like that. And so we used to do these tournaments and we, through these tournaments, we'd find kids you know, but some of these kids, they will be like, you know, if I had to, I would tell them, hey, we want to help you get you to school, give you a scholarship, get you school supplies as you play your game. And to some of them, they just wanted to be paid. Right. How much are you going to give me? And I was like, <laughs> it doesn't work that way. You know, you have to work for things. Right. So the first group of players, it was a bit difficult. So we decided to go young, like a little bit young, starting at primary level. And we started recruiting kids from 10 years old, 11, 12, 13, wow. 14. And we'd be like, you know, but we look at the need of the family. Usually parents can't afford it. You know, no one of the kids has no parents or they have one single or single, single parents. And then um, we looked at the, the, the talent. You'd be like, how good is he? Or how good is she? And so we looked at that. And then we also look at the, the attitude, the mentality towards education, you know, because you don't want to force someone to go to school. We understand school is not for everyone. Sure. And yeah, so we're like, you know, let's focus on education first. You know, the key does to go to school. They can play soccer in the holidays, like that, you know. So our foundations, we started giving our scholarships and we find tuition for you, we find school supplies, we find a school as well. So most of our kids in boarding schools, because staying home, it was a distraction. You know, it was difficult for them to do their homework. And so like, you know, the best thing to do is to find them a boarding school where they can go. There are no distractions, focus on school and sports. Mm-hmm. So we do that. And and from there, we're like, you know, someone gave us some money. And I was like, you know, we need to buy some land, you know, where we need to build our community center. Or we can, you know, we can be able to, kids can have a safe place to play and, and learn and and learn where their food comes from, teach trade skills. Because like I said, school is not for everyone, but right. at least in, when, like during COVID, there was such a, a learning period for me because a lot of people lost their jobs, you know. But those people who owned businesses, they thrived, right? you know. The few people who did whatever it is, if Spanish or carpentry or welding or whatever construction, people continue continue to do that. And I was like, if we teach these trade skills to these kids, or computer design or computer graphics, they'll continue to work. You know, they finish high school and then they'll continue to apply the knowledge they've learned 
to, into their lives. Instead of creating more employees, it can help us create more employers. Right. Uh, and they can create businesses within the community. So we we got some land and that's where we want to put our facility. And that's we started our construction, the first phase of the building, our main hall. And then the fields are still growing because of the drought has been a nightmare. It, oh, I'm sure. It's been scorching hot. But they, 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 they will grow up for sure because uh, we've been working on them a lot. I've had a, I've had a great team back home to help me do all this work to make sure kids are in school, the construction is going, recruiting, and all these kind of things. So, and uh, so we're trying, we're still growing. Sure. But I'm thankful where we are. And New Mexico United has been great. Uh, the funds have been great in terms of support, you know, and like I said, Chicago Fire has been great. They gave me a ton of gear to give away back home. I go home and we, we support other uh, local clubs, the community who don't have like, say, training gear or bowls or anything like mm. that. So it's been great so far. And, you know, whatever we can do to help, like you said, to develop the sport, you know, because the kid back home, like soccer is so huge in the country that almost everyone plays soccer in the country. Like if you have one soccer ball, you attract like 20 kids. Mm-hmm from wherever they are, so long as you find a place, a place to play, they'll come and play. And that is getting kids out of, you know, getting engaged in different things, which might get them in trouble. Exactly. And when they come, then we get to share our stories with them. You know, you know, you might inspire one or two, but that is something, you know. That's all you need. But yeah, you know, you have to start somewhere. So I'm glad that we started this thing. And of course, I was like, you know, all, all of us soccer players, we've given this great platform. You play in MLS or Europe, anywhere. But like, even when we talked about who you are and what you do, right? You know, your legacy, building your legacy, and what you do is going to end someday. Soccer is going to end, no matter what. But who you ask lives on. So, what are you going to do with what you have right now to help another kid or to help another you? You know. You know, so these things I, I like to introduce them to players, and I tell them, hey, if you want to be part of the program, that's great. You know, you can come join us, and we help more kids to go to school and play the sport. You know, finding them scholarships and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I encourage other people and other players. You know, if if you've ever been given anything, you know, this could be love or money or friendship or anything like that, pass it on to someone else. You have to. And yeah, don't just hold on to it. To, don't hold on to it with you just by yourself. You know, mm-hmm. don't die with it. Yeah. You know? Help someone else next to you. Because we always have opportunities around us each and every day to help someone. And that's where that's one thing that keeps me going each and every day. I'm like, you know, we need to work hard each and every day to help someone else, help another kid, you know, either to go through school or to get to get scholarly school supplies or feminine items or Whatever you need to do, even if it's just, you know, to encourage someone on the soccer field. Some people could have a bad day in training, you know. Coaches yelling at you, all that kind of says, like, hey, it's okay. Tomorrow will be better. It's not the end of the world, you know. Soccer is a game of mistakes. You make mistakes, you learn from them. You know, so there's so many opportunities always around us. You know, even if it's helping an equipment manager, you know, putting balls back in the bags or holding the door for them or something. You know, it's opportunities around us to help other people. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you're doing it the right way there too, because you're building in that accountability. And I I think you you mentioned that as well, where, yeah, you want to join, that's fine. But there's just more than just soccer. If you want to play, you got to do this. You got to get, you got to stay on top of everything to show them that, hey, yes, it's about playing the game and spreading the game, learning the game. Uh, 
and sharing it, the love of the game with everyone. But there's got to be accountability. You got to do good in school. You got to, yeah. and to have that in check, it teaches them everything that you taught yourself or were taught as well. So you're giving them that life, that life coaching while also uh, spreading the love of the game uh, within the community. And hopefully, you know, years down from now, I mean, there should, should be a household name, Michael Zero Foundation, but um, it's really amazing what you're doing. And I do wanna talk about this. So last year in October, I believe it was, something pretty cool happened for you uh, in this country. I think you know what that is. What was it like to finally become uh, a citizen of, of the U.S.? It's great, man. It's, it's, it's good to be part of this great country, man. It's, there's a lot of history in this country. Mm-hmm. And being married to my wife, you know, we have two kids, you know. And being, being part American and being part Ugandan, you know, or half American, half Ugandan, it's, it opens doors, you know, because, you know, like, so for me, most of it, like, it helped me so much in moving countries, moving between countries. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. You know, the passport helps so <laughs> much when you travel. Oh, my God, because I travel a lot. But, you know, besides that, just being part of this great country, this great nation, I think it's, it's very huge, man, because it's a country where there's so many opportunities, you know, and so long as you take care of them, you, you'll you have a high chance of being successful in right. life, you know, but if you don't still, but if you don't use them wisely, it might mess you up yeah. so, so much, you know? So it's something which has to be treated with a grain of salt, you know, it's, I'm thankful that I became American and, and to be part of this great nation, but also I'm, I'm glad to be part of you and to be, to be a Ugandan as well, because to be, to be part of two great cultures, I'm thankful for that. And my kids, you know, just to be able to see both sides of the country, you know, where Uganda is and America is. So it's such a huge comparison. Just a little different. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's such a huge comparison, but it's great, man. Yeah. So, Abe, kid from Uganda's living a dream playing professional soccer, married with kids in the States. I mean, does it get any better for you? I don't. I don't know. I mean, you seem pretty happy. You're doing quite well. What's it like, though, uh, to be able to share this now with your kids, though, too? Given, you know, your journey that you've had. Uh, I mean, I'm sure you, you do, and let them know that hey, this isn't always this easy. There's parts of the world where you got to do a lot more to have this yeah. opportunity. I'm sure that's special, though, to share this with them. Yeah, it's great. Uh, they're still young. One is six, one is four. You know? Oh, wow, they're young. Yeah, but I'm sure, I'm sure they'll appreciate it because yeah. they'll because that's the other thing that a lot of people haven't been exposed yet, mm-hmm. you know, to different cultures, and that's why we be like, you know, some people get nervous about other races and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But I think we need open, have an open mind. You know, to be to create inclusive cultures. You have to inclusive inclusive communities. You know, because just creating a community which is not inclusive, it doesn't help. Right. You know, you know, I get to know about you. You get to know about me. Maybe there's something I know you don't know. There's something I don't know, or something you know that I need to learn from you. So it's important that we create these inclusive cultures, and I think that's going to be great for my kids. But also, it's it, like here in New Mexico, there's a ton of there's diversity here. Mm-hmm. Look at Chicago. Oh, sure. It's huge, you know, but there's more that, you know, some people grow up in one state and die in one state, 
Right. And they're like, this world is so big. You need to go see it. You know, that will change your perspective about so many things. You right. Know? You learn to appreciate the little things, get to see different people. They're just happy with just the little things like that. You know, you're like, oh, here kids, I want an iPhone. I want a big truck. Right. It's fine. You can enjoy them, but I don't stop you from enjoying those <laughs> things. You know, but at the end of the day, it's go see the world, man. It's, it's, it's beautiful out there. Yeah. No, it is. Well, Michael, I appreciate you doing this. Um, and I, I mean, I was going to do it anyway, but um, I'll definitely include the zero Michael youth foundation.org is the place to go. I'll include that in uh, the description. I also make a donation. I know Fabi and Julian do that as well. They'll, uh, they'll always help out, but I, I'll make a donation. Uh, I'll toss in 50 for, for, for the foundation. And, uh, you know, I may even, you know, I'm happy that you're doing this. Um, it's important. It's uh, it's good to to do uh, what you're doing. Um, you're using the platform well, and you're giving back to those who helped you. So um, I appreciate you doing this, Michael. Uh, best of luck the rest of the way with New Mexico, and you're always welcome back at Chicago. Just uh, give them a call. I'm sure they'll bring you right back real quick. So thanks, Michael. We'll see, we'll see. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. You bet, Let's man. Take care of yourself. Chicago people, man. Alrighty. Bye-bye. There you have it, folks. Episode 67 in the books. Michael, Azera, and myself. That was fun. I appreciate y'all listening. Be sure to check out AzeraMichaelYouthFoundation.org. If you're watching on YouTube, link is going to be right here. And if you're listening, link will be in the podcast description notes. You know, wherever wherever you read the thing, <laughs> that's where it's going to be. Azera, Michael, Youth Foundation. Dot org support him support what he does he's a great person a great soccer player but he's just he's just a good dude man be sure to support him and everything that he does by visiting again azura michael youth foundation.org i know it sounds like i'm beating a dead horse but do it be cool be great like him uh thanks for listening as always i'm christian hansen the host this is the christian hansen show stay safe be well we'll see you next time